player or phone, what would they be? That's the theme of this week's show, a theme that will likely be repeated with different albums on different shows, Albums for a Desert Island on Coolsville. I'm Andy Steves. Hope you had a superlative week. What's one of your favorite albums? You know, one of those ones you couldn't go without. Every music fan has at least a couple of discs that bring back memories of stuff like high school days or your first girlfriend or that girl that wouldn't give you the time of day in chemistry class. Of hanging with your friends, doing loser laps around the town on a Saturday night. I picked four albums from various times in my past. Records, yes, they were called records back then, that brought you up in the good times and commiserated with you when you were blue. I feel lower than a snake's belly in a wheel rut. So let me start by saying that I don't have an all-time favorite album. I just can't narrow it down that far. However, if you were to hold my pet gerbil over a moving blender and he could only be saved by the answer to that question, Glass Houses by Billy Joel would be close. It was released like three months before graduation, and I have to say that I had been a Billy Joel fan for a few years before 1980, but this solidified my fandom for sure. A year earlier, I bought my first Billy Joel album at the old Blue Unicorn Bookstore in Sussex, which was uh, Piano Man. Next, I got the album The Stranger for Christmas. And how could you not love that one with stuff like She's Always a Woman, Just the Way You Are, and Oh Yeah, Scenes from an Italian Restaurant. Brendan and Eddie with the popular daddies and the king and the queen of the prom. Boom, boom. Glass Houses, though, was and still remains my favorite Billy album. Two top ten songs, you may be right, peaking at number seven. And it's still rock and roll to me, becoming his first number one hit. Joel said he wrote the song with a punk feel to say that punk music was really just a rehash of the music that he grew up with. The album itself hit number one on the Billboard charts, as well as number one up here in Canada. Don't Ask Me Why made the top 20, and Sometimes a Fantasy squeaked into the top 40 and was one of the first music videos I remember ever watching. Maybe because the subject matter was a little risque. Granted, the album wasn't Shakespeare, but it resonated hugely with me, probably because of the time of life it was introduced to me. <laughs> I seem to be attracted to songs about dysfunctional relationships. Check out the song All for Lena. Play Glass Houses today on Spotify. Speaking of dysfunctional relationships, the next one, Rumors, hit the jackpot. Rumors became Fleetwood Mac's first number one album on the UK album chart and also topped the US Billboard Hot 200. The songs Go Your Own Way, Dreams, Don't Stop, and You Make Love and Fun were released as singles, all of which reached the US top 10, with Dreams reaching number one. Listen to this album and I guarantee you'll agree that all the songs could have been hits. 
This was an album that was born out of much dysfunction. Like I said, Stevie Nicks and Lindsey Buckingham had broken up not long before this album was recorded, as did John McVie and Christine McVie, who would only speak to each other about the music, not about anything else. The group's leader, Mick Fleetwood, just found out that his wife was having an affair with his best friend. It's amazing that they made a record at all, let alone one of the biggest albums of all time. Rolling Stone ranked it on the 500 greatest albums of all time at number 7 in 2020 and in 2023 again. This was a disc that you could not escape in the summer of 1977. You'd hear moms with their transistor radios and cassette players playing it at the park. It was huge at parties and at record stores and in the mall. And in your 8-track player. <laughs> Ooh, that's another can of beans. But it's Dreams that continues to be the group's marquee tune, even among a hit-jammed catalog. Sometimes you can get tired of singing a certain song over and over again, Stevie Nicks told Blender Magazine in 2005. But I have never gone on stage, either with Fleetwood Mac or in my solo shows, without singing Dreams. And I don't think I could. The song gained a whole new audience, once again climbing onto the top of the Billboard singles chart in 2020 after it underscored a viral TikTok video of a man cruising around on his skateboard sipping cranberry juice. You're listening to Coolsville. I'm Andy Steves. This week featuring albums on a desert island. The album Goodbye Yellowbrick Road was written by Elton John and Bernie Taupin in Jamaica and almost recorded there, but the band thought it was too dangerous. There was a heavyweight prize fight down there. There was some seedy individuals, so they got out of Dodge. They went to France, where Elton's last two albums were recorded, and no fewer than 21 songs were recorded in just a dozen days, 17 of which would make it onto that first double album of Elton John's. Elton stated that the lyrics were always written by Bernie Taupin first, then the Rocket Man does the music. He says he's always amazed at how quickly he can write a song, especially since the only place he writes is in the recording studio. He doesn't write at home and he doesn't write on the road, he just writes in the recording studio. The first hit from the album was inspired by Bernie Taupin's misspent youth, and it was called Saturday Night's All Right for Fighting, a song that was much later a hit for Canada's own Nickelback. The title song from the album, Goodbye Yellow Brick Road, hit number two on the charts. It was thwarted from reaching the top spot by songs from The Carpenters, yes, The Carpenters, and Charlie Rich. Hey, did you happen to see the most beautiful girl in the world? Of course, since we have such grand taste in music here in Canada, it did reach number one up here. Elton John didn't like his next single from the album, though it did go to number one on the Billboard charts. He said Benny and the Jets reminded him of glam rock. At first ignored, the song caught on after it was played on a rock station in Windsor, Ontario, of all places. EJ was really pumped that the tune was his first rhythm and blues hit. And the next song was just a hit in the UK, but it was a huge, huge song worldwide. A song about the way Marilyn Monroe was exploited by the press called Candle in the Wind. A reworking of the song became the biggest selling single of all time. Yes, of all time as Elton played it at Princess Di's funeral. This was a huge album. I only really discovered it about 15 years after it was released, but I use it for car concert therapy, as the songs are very singable. If you see me driving down the road with my face contorted and my mouth wide open, chances are I'm singing to this record. 
Okay, so who has ever felt like this? It's coming on Christmas. They're cutting down trees. They're putting up reindeer and writing songs of joy and peace. So I wish I had a river I could skate away on. This next album dates back to 1971. It's Joni Mitchell's most emotionally bare album, and while not as commercially successful as the other records on this list, Bearing Her Soul gave Joni what the New York Times called one of the 25 albums that represented turning points and pinnacles in 20th century popular music. That's a mouthful. In fact, when Chris Christopherson heard the record, he was quoted as saying, Joni, keep something to yourself. This album is called Blue and it lives up to the name. The album was born out of two fractured relationships. The first, a two-year thing with Graham Nash from Crosby, Stills & Nash. The second, an intense relationship with James Taylor, who just struck it big in the biz with songs like Carolina In My Mind and You Got a Friend. Though there were no real hits per se on Blue, the song Carrie got some airplay. Oh, you're a mean old daddy, but I like you. The song This Flight Tonight was a big hit for the rock group Nazareth. Look out the left, the captain said. <laughs> yeah, I like her version a lot better. The lyrics to River that I quoted at the start were also quoted in the movie You've Got Mail by Meg Ryan. This album opened so many doors for women in popular music. In 2020, Blue was rated the third greatest album of all time in Rolling Stone's list of the 500 greatest albums of all time, the highest entry by a female artist. As for me, these songs represent times in my life when I was down and I needed some commiseration. Kind of like what a country music fan gets out of songs by George Jones, right? Hey, stop loving hard today. In the last few years, the songs on Joni Mitchell's Blue are like old friends. Like the Elton John record, Joni's songs are car concert therapy when I'm working through stuff. Well, that's this week's program, wrapped in a nice neat bow. If you have any comments or maybe remember an album you couldn't do without, drop me a line on Spotify or Facebook. Hit the follow button on Spotify, if you please. I'd like to thank the royalty-free music site Upbeat for the music I use here on Coolsville. I'm Andy Steves. See you next time. May God richly bless you and yours. Bye.